0: So again, this is what I mean by getting in our own way. We do things to stop ourselves yeah. from getting to where we need to be. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds.
1: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well being, energy and resilience. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's is interviewing Paul Wilson. Joe and Paul originally met at a lunch in London, not realising that they actually live and work within about 8 miles of each other in Kent. After 25 years at the Channel Tunnel, mainly in operations, Paul decided it was time to move on, do something different. 2018 was the year of new for him. He expanded his comfort zone and had a fabulous time. His passion for hypnosis was reignited after attending a one-day workshop. He loved it so much that he trained with the creator of this particular system, then spent time with his mentor. He gets a massive kick from seeing the smile on his client's face when they realise that the baggage they've been carrying around for years has gone. He loves his work as a remedial hypnotist. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Paul Wilson of A Happy Head. So welcome Paul, thanks for joining me.
0: My pleasure Joe. nice to be talking to you again.
1: And I love your company name. So tell us who you are and what you do and where you do it. And tell us a bit about why it's called a happy head.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, let's start with a happy head. Um, It's a really simple answer. When you look at the kind of work that I do, everybody and their dog are called John Smith hypnotherapist or mindset coach or this or that or the other. And a lot of people don't understand what that word means. Or what those kind of phrases mean. And if you ask people what mindset means, you get 25 different answers. So I thought, what can I have that's really simple and obvious? And I worked on a a few different phrases and ideas. And I came up with a happy head. Because essentially, we all want to be happy or happier. And where do you get happy? You get happy in your head. What do I do? Uh, Well, uh, it's a really good question, actually, because (laughs) it's a bit of an undefined thing. My sort of um, elevator pitch is I help professional people who are struggling with imposter syndrome to help them get back on track and get on with their lives and chief life goals all that kind of thing. And what I do essentially is I use a mashup of hypnosis, NLP, discombobulation, which is one of my favorite all time words. And some coaching to help people get out of their own way, essentially. And I can do that in some cases in one session of 90 minutes and in other cases, three or four sessions. And I've just started a new thing where I'm going to be actually doing some life coaching because I'm 59 years old. And I've been through so much stuff in my life that I feel that I'm able to. Well, I have had a couple of clients ask me to coach them and it's worked out quite well. So I thought, well, why not add another string to my bow?
1: yes yeah 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 so
0: okay and where where are you based i'm based in sunny folk well not so sunny folkestone which is southeast england uh i've been living here for about seven and a half years but ironically i see most of my clients online using things like um facetime or zoom and occasionally uh, skype
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were saying before we came on that uh, we actually, ironically, given we live probably eight miles from each other, as I'm in Hythe, just down the road, um, but we met in London, didn't we? <laughs> so
0: yeah, it's so bizarre. We were at a thing called the London Lunch five, six, seven years ago, and we, we yeah. met there. Yeah, Absolutely
1: very funny and um so let me think so discombobulate I love that word too and we'll explore that in a short while I love the alliteration in a happy head so that's good too um and you sound like you must be from up north a bit as well which sounds like a good thing to me is that
0: <laughs> well only the best people can come up north yeah I'm from um all h-u-l-l all so you've got to say all if you say hull that's uh, a southerner saying it but if you actually live in all that's why we call it and it's in sort of this little bit of the corner of England, south of Newcastle, but north of Watford, probably the best way, and go east.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So yes, I come from Sheffield, so I'm also a Northerner. So uh, good to good to hear that, but you can't hear it in my voice because I lived down south for far too long.
0: <laughs> well, I have as well, but ironically, my accent doesn't seem to disappeared that much, apparently.
1: Uh, I was only three when I moved south, so I hadn't really got into the groove. So uh, that's that's how I can be everything to everybody. I can sound like I'm a southerner, but I'm not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Lovely. So uh, Discombobulate. Tell us a bit more about that.
0: Oh, well, to be perfectly honest, and don't tell anyone, because it's a big secret, discombobulate means to, to confuse. and. Uh, What we're talking about here is that a lot of people, when they have issues, whether it's a fear of spiders or imposter syndrome or money mindset issues, any of that kind of stuff. It's a simple disconnect between the conscious part of the brain, the bit that's listening to me now and the bit that's thinking, well, I've got to cook dinner in a couple of hours. I've got to do this, that and the other. And then the massive engine that's hidden away, the subconscious. And what we need to do to actually help people make changes is to get the conscious brain to actually switch off, sometimes just for a a microsecond, which allows the subconscious to send shooting up into the conscious mind, the reason why that person is stuck with a particular issue. And then once we've got that, we can work on it. So rather than say... NLP hypnosis and confusion i thought well that's a bit boring really so i thought and i had a really nice word. So i love words like rapscallion and shenanigans and rumbuctious you know they are really big old classic words that are hardly to use anymore and so i found this combobulation. i thought i've got to stick with that it's a great word
1: one of my favorite words isn't a description like that it's a it's a place it's festiniog and i don't know why it was one of my favorite words but it was
0: oh that's either the engine isn't it festiniog that's i seem insane. to remember
1: huh? my claim to fame on over the engine is i can play the theme tune on my bassoon
0: oh god no no thank you um next podcast please <laughs>
1: Excellent. So you talked about helping people to get out of their own way, which is a, uh, and, and you talked about imposter syndrome, and you know those are sort of phrases that we hear a lot, um sort of thrown around in this sort of space. Tell us more about your perspective on those two things.
0: Okay, imposter syndrome is really, really simple. I mean, it's just a kind of a catch-all phrase. A lot of people are leaving money on the table and missing out on lots of opportunities because, give you an example, you're you're in a job and you see a promotion and you think, oh yeah, I, could, I really fancy that I could do it. And then that little voice in your head goes, don't you dare apply for that job. Remember last time you applied for a job and the embarrassment we had to go through when you went for that interview, in fact, you didn't even get an interview and your best friend, Sally said, don't bother because you won't get it. And your husband and your wife and your, your mum, your dad, the cat, the dog, your best friend all told you not to bother because you weren't qualified and this and that. And so what happens? You talk yourself out of going for the promotion or if you're a coach you want to go from five figures to six figures your little voice goes oh, you want to go to six figures who the hell do you think you are you can't do that you're hopeless and besides if you put your head above the parapet all these people are going to shoot you down and again you then you sort of stop doing what you need to do to make that next leap and it's all of the kind of internal dialogue that's going on with people when they don't go and do things that they know they could do and that's why to call it this disconnect because a lot of it can come from uh historical events like maybe being bullied or maybe you've failed several times before stuff hasn't worked out maybe you weren't encouraged through life there's a whole load of different reasons why we get to this stage of not being able to to push ourselves forward and it's, it's strange because you can have the most strong, powerful, confident person outwardly, and to all of their friends and colleagues and uh, co-workers and directors, they seem to be an amazing person. But if you take them to one side, they go, actually, I'm I'm crappy myself. I really wanna become CEO, but if I do that, I just know I'm gonna make a real hash of it and people are gonna laugh at me and they'll fail and I'll have to resign. I'll never get a job ever again. And this is this continuous dialogue that's going on in lots and lots of people. And it's not just ordinary folks like you and I. I read an article the other day where it was about 17 or 18 very, very, you know, A-list celebs who all confessed to having imposter syndrome and kind of like there but for the grace of God, they went. And if they hadn't, we would have never heard of them.
1: Yes, yeah. And I, the same, I've heard a lot of CEOs have exactly the same thing. Yeah, and absolutely. In the outside world, they don't look like there's any problem at all. But actually, internally, you know, they have that stuff going on all the time.
0: Odd, oh, yeah. There's lots and lots of people who you would never think would be suffering with something like this. They suffer with it and it holds them back and it costs, costs them lots of grief. And they are also missing out on opportunities because this thing inside the head sometimes will just get will overpower them and they won't do certain things Mm. and i think Mm -hmm. this is one of the reasons why a lot of famous people and a lot of ceos actually end up screwing up you know they'll they'll have some kind of crazy affair or they'll make some really stupid mistake or some really bad decisions and i personally believe it's this thing of like um self-sabotage and the imposter inside going you can't do that i told you you couldn't do it you're a fake get back to where you need to be And I mean, my famous, my favorite example of this is Gerald Ratner. Do you remember him?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They had the massive successful uh, jewelry chain uh, worldwide and it sold the cheap stuff. And one day, Mr. Ratner is at a dinner and he stands up to do a speech and he says something along the lines of we sell crap. Mm Hmm and the next day the stock went through the floor he was out on his backside and i think he's now doing the rounds as a, a business speaker which is a mm. world of difference to where he was 10 15 years ago when he made this big um
1: yeah. boo. and and speaking about the fact that he made that boo boo
0: <laughs> and that's it yeah admitting that you're talking about it as well which is ironic yes.
1: he's turned it round. um yeah exactly and um yeah, so I wonder, you know, in that moment, did he realise the impact it was going to have consciously? Or, as you say, is it just that, you know, it sort of blurted out because it was all too good to be true? and Or was, you know, I don't know. Sorry. I was going to say, at the time, I thought he was just quite arrogant and didn't think through the consequences of saying it. But now you're putting a different sort of spin on it.
0: What I mean, I've never say? met the guy, so I can't sort of say for certain, but I've got two guesses one guess is that he'd had enough of what he was doing and he couldn't figure mm-hmm. out a way of getting out gracefully. Maybe there was no way for him to get out gracefully. And yeah. so subconsciously, his body's going, his brain's going, we need to get out. We need to get out. How can we get out? I know what we'll do. We'll do a, a Freudian slip and we'll say something really stupid. So, again, his, his rational brain probably thought, I've got my speech. I'll do my talk. I'll have a glass of wine and then the chauffeur will take me home and we'll start again tomorrow morning kind of thing. But he did the speech and he said these famous three words or whatever it was, and the next day he's out on his back end without a job and, you know, having to start his life again. And I think potentially that's where he wanted to be. Maybe he was fed up with it and subconsciously just didn't want to do anymore.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. So this, this concept of getting out of your own way, what does that mean?
0: Well, a lot of the times we, we create, the problem we've got is that we live in a very, very sophisticated world. We put people on the moon. We've got these things in our pockets that have the world's knowledge at our fingertips. We, we, we live longer, we're healthier and all this, but we still have the same brains as our ancient ancestors from 50,000 years ago that were living on the savannah hunting and gathering. Mm -hmm. but you know the problem is there are no predators behind the bushes. no saber-toothed tiger there's no pack of hyenas there's no lions and snakes and crocodiles for most of us but our brain still reacts to those kinds of fears and what we've kind of done is we've attached these emotions like anxiety and stress and fear onto things like um what will people think about me and you know being bullied by the boss or not wanting to go to work and all kinds of things because we don't have the 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 predator anymore the the brain still wants to react to predators because the brain has one function it Mm -hmm. has one simple function and that is to keep us alive and to protect us so it's that so the things like fight or flight is to keep us alive that's why everything drains every all the systems shut down to put all the energy into you being able to fight or to run like hell yeah your Mm. digestive system shuts down your your all kind of internal systems actually shut down temporarily to give you as much energy as possible to do what you need to do to get away or to survive that's why um you know we get we can get sort of food sick and car sick and all the rest of it it's all to do with the body trying to protect itself and keep it alive but the challenge we face is all those stresses and strains from hunter-gatherer days don't exist anymore but with our brain hasn't evolved with society so in effect in effect you know human human society is evolving or has evolved faster than our brains have so we've still got these kind of like oldie world brains in the new bright new world kind of thing and it, it can cause problems and this is where getting in your own way comes from so you know we had the analogy of going for a new job yeah or starting a new business or going from six figures to seven figures and you don't do it because you convince yourself that you're not good enough or that you don't have the skill the knowledge the expertise the training the bits of paper, whatever it is, we come up with stuff not to do the thing we need to do. I mean, it's procrastination. It's great. Again, procrastination is a kind of protective device because, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. And we we let stuff get in our way. I mean, I've I've talked to people who use to-do lists to procrastinate. They'll spend all day doing a to-do list and defining it and going, no, urgent and important urgent but not important and b c d e and they spent like three hours bloody doing a to-do list and half the day's gone yeah <laughs> which is okay. when you think about it it's ridiculous it defeats the purpose entirely
1: exactly but it is you know it makes you feel busy
0: <laughs> but this is the thing you see you i mean there's a again a classic busy doing nothing high into find lots of things not to do i can't remember that film that comes from yeah, but again, busy doing nothing because yeah. you can say to yourself I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm making a to-do list, I'm reorganizing my desk, I am um writing this, I'm checking my email, I'm doing this, doing this, but you're not doing the thing you need to do. And for most of us, that is the thing that's making some money, which is finding new clients, talking to prospects, working with clients. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. And for a lot of us, that is the The predator, oh, my God, I can't actually talk to somebody and ask for money because I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of having this person's money. I can't do the service that I've offered them. You know, Even though you spent 20 years as a chiropractor or 15 years as a personal trainer or as a nutritionist, that little voice goes, oh, you know, why why are you ringing this client? Because they're going to say no. They're going to say, no, 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 I don't want to work with you because uh, I don't know you well enough and this, that, and the other. And so, what do you do? Instead of making 20 phone calls or sending out 20 messages, you spend an extra couple of hours. Uh, well, I actually need a cup of coffee now, and going to make yourself a cup of coffee and maybe phoning your friend or just checking through your Facebook profile in case somebody said, Please, I desperately need your services. How much do you want? <laughs> Which <laughs> never happens. Yeah. So, again, this is what I mean by getting in our own way. We do things to stop ourselves. From getting to where we need to be
1: or where we want to be,
0: and I think another really thing that bugs me an awful lot, actually, and I really, I really hate it, is you get all of these kind of like uh, big name coaches that are doing six and seven figures, and they're sort of showing their lifestyle, which is fabulous. I've got nothing wrong with that, but then it kind of leads lots of people to say, "I want that, I want that, I want that," but. And then they set up all these goals and stuff, yeah, to try and achieve that thing. But when you actually talk to them calmly and sort of carefully and actually listen, that's not what they want.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I, a, I was on a, uh, a live stream with a guy called Dan Meredith the other day, and he mentioned this thing called the International Happiness Index or the International Happiness Index. Do you know how much people need to earn to be happy?
1: No, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. <laughs> no,
0: no, You know no, you can't play like that. Give me a number. How much do people need to earn to be happy? I don't
1: know, because it must be dependent on, on No,
0: no, no. Don't give me that. Just give me a number. I'm not having it.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, um, forty grand.
0: Uh, been... You're a little bit on the low side. It's actually this is scientifically proven. Seventy-eight thousand pounds. Yes. If you get to seventy-eight k right you are happy because you can pay your bills do your house go on holidays all that kind of thing yeah, once yeah. you start earning above 78k your happiness level stays flat and in some cases actually decreases slightly because of the pressure of having to make the extra money now if you are someone who's driven and really wants to become a, a millionaire or multi-millionaire, then go for it but for the yeah. vast majority of people They don't actually want or need that. And so they needlessly struggle and suffer and stress and get anxiety and spend their lifetimes procrastinating because they're trying to chase this dream which isn't actually theirs. And I actually Mm -hmm. spend quite a bit of time with my clients getting them to realize what they really, really want out of life. And for most of them, it's nowhere near these six and seven-figure numbers. It's it's a lot closer to home, like wanting to be happier, wanting to spend more time with the family, wanting to go fishing more, or you know, have lunches with friends and do a bit of you know painting or whatever. Yeah. But mm. there's a perception out there that we have to go chase the dream, mm. and people yeah, do that's... this.
1: Yeah. Sorry, Colin. So agree with that I do think I, I often come across people who don't really know what they want so mm. you know say we're, we're striving for something that we haven't really clearly defined um and you know there's that thing about people living in the future you know what they want rather than appreciating the present i.e I- what they've got and uh and and being unsettled you know because of that um yeah
0: absolutely absolutely the two biggest issues with people today is we spend too much time looking into the past and you know, anxiety about this happened, that happened. Oh, my God, I made this mistake, that mistake. And then catastrophizing the future. Like, yeah. oh, my God, if, if I earn six figures, that means people are going to come chasing after me for money that I don't owe or I'm going to die of a heart attack or this is going to happen or the world is going to end, we're going to get hit by a, an asteroid or I'm going to get attacked by terrorists I'm going to get kidnapped. And rather than just focusing in on what they're doing right now. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah for a lot of people that's impossible I mean have you this is to make you laugh I actually was in a I was in a pub uh, the other week and watched this couple come in it was clear they're on a, a first time date like a tinder date or something like that yeah now you would have thought that if you're going on a date with someone you would spend most of your time trying to getting to know that person that you got on the date with yeah yes yeah both people. In this particular date couple, spent most of their time fiddling with their phones and on their phones. And if you Thinking. think about it, if you're on your phone, you're either looking for another date, which is future, yeah. or reading a post about the past. Yes. Yeah. Rather yeah. actually existing in the moment and sitting with the person opposite you and having a real time conversation and and chatting to them.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think this is one of the biggest problems that we have around the world with all kinds of different issues is that we don't actually have proper conversations anymore. I've got an opinion, and I'm going to give you my opinion, and you've got an opinion. You're going to give me your opinion back, and neither of us are actually going to listen. We've lost the art of listening. And it's the same with um, prospective clients. I mean, I've been – because I'm in the business that I'm in, I get – People contacting me all the time with various offers and stuff, and not once has any of these people ever actually sat and l- really listened to what I had to say. Yeah, they go, "Hi Paul, how's it going? What are you up to?" And I go, "I'm good. I'm doing XYZ." Oh, excellent! Right. By the way, listen, I'm into this, that, or the other, and I think it'd be a really good match for you. And then off they go on their like on their their pitch. They don't take any time to actually listen to me and find out who I am as a person. And this, I think, is an issue for people that are listening to this podcast in their personal lives and business lives as well. We don't actively listen. If you think about it, when you have a conversation with someone, a lot of us, what we'll do is with the person opposite us is speaking. And what we're doing is we are preparing our response.
1: Mm.
0: I actually put a post out a couple of weeks ago and had some fascinating uh, responses. I said, Look, if I promise not to sell you anything, can we have a conversation? And they got loads and loads of comments, and most people were like really suspicious of why I wanted to talk to them. And I got a couple of people, and I've had some fabulous conversations with these two people, and it's been great. And I haven't sold them anything, but I've learned about people that, who are, in inverted commas, you know, doing the old air uh, sign friends on Facebook who I've never met before but now I know them really well yes and that's fabulous because I've now got two actual friends on Facebook who I've spent the time to have a conversation with and listen to their lives the good the bad the indifferent and where they're going what their dreams and goals and ambitions are and that's what a real conversation is I didn't try and pitch them I didn't try and tell them my story I just said look you know let's get you started tell me about yourself and the only time i kind of spoke was when they were kind of like flagging a little bit and i'd just give them a little prompt to carry Mm. on the conversation i mean the first conversation make you laugh the first conversation i had as part of this process lasted for seven hours (laughs) when was the last time apart even on your podcast joe that you had a conversation with anybody that lasted that length of time
1: well, actually, as it turns out, probably last night, because I met my friend and I'm just um, thinking about the fact that we didn't go to bed until two o'clock in <laughs> the morning. So probably oh, last night. But, but right,
0: before said, last night then, before last night.
1: Um, no, you know, it doesn't happen, does it? And, and it certainly, you know, we've only got 20 minutes left on the podcast. Oh <laughs>
0: just better get you have got to ask some more questions idea. and I'll shut up.
1: No, <laughs> oh dear yeah no as you say that sort of in-depth conversation you don't often have because you know frankly we don't mostly have the time for it do we so i guess no, 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 we i disagree
0: we don't that. make the time for it yes, i mean yes, most people yes. spend more time on t watching tv than actually interacting with the members of the household or with yeah. their friends you know yes. so yeah. when people say i don't have time i'm sorry that's bollocks people do have the time but the diff thing is we don't make the time no no if you want to do anything you but like you, you you went to see a friend last night you spent seven eight hours with that person you made the time to go and see her yeah 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 yeah,
1: yeah and exactly. that's what we need
0: to do we just need to make the time but we don't
1: mm. no i agree so tell me what you do what you do because you've had a, a different background you haven't always done this where has this come from for you what what's the the driver
0: oh right excellent question um I've always had a fascination with psychology and the brain and neuroscience and all that kind of stuff and hypnosis and NLP, but I've never done anything with it. And i had been put off with learning to become a hypnotist because in the past you had to learn pages and pages and pages of scripts by heart. And that's just not me. So I kind of put it on the back burner and just had an interest. And then after 25 years at the Channel Tunnel in December the 1st, my 25th anniversary, I left. For numerous reasons. And 2018 was a new year of new for me. I took on a personal trainer, lost a lot of fat, put on some muscle. I did a stand up comedy course in London. And then I got invited to this workshop, a one day workshop of this new system called the control system. And I was working with this lady who had a massive fear of snakes and worms and anything that wriggled, basically. And we did some work and I got some really, really good results. And she was chuffed. And I thought, well, that's, that's OK. But, you know, I wasn't really overly impressed. The next day, she actually posted uh, a video. Her and her family being for a walk in the woods. And uh, hubby was videoing with his phone, as he usually does. And then he said, darling, you've got to move out the road there because it's a massive worm and, you know, we'll have to just go around it. And she said, no, 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 it's fine. And then she very, she approaches this worm. She very carefully gets on her knees, scoops this up in her bare hands, no gloves, carries it, and puts it on the grass. And the comments coming from the husband lead, can lead you to believe that this is a rare occurrence, yeah. And he nearly yes. drops a bloody phone. And I was absolutely flabbergasted. I thought, bloody hell, I've got a superpower. And that's literally what went through my mind when I saw this video. I then contacted the people that had trained me, found out who had trained them went to become a control practitioner with a guy called Tim Box who created the system, went to Tim's mentor, spent some time with him um, and sort of continuing ongoing research and training and study and all that kind of stuff. And I've now been in business for uh, just over a year. And I wow. absolutely love it. And the thing the thing that I really love about it, yeah, I mean, okay, it pays the bills and everything, but it's seeing the look on a client's face when they realize that all of this baggage they've been carrying around forever are suddenly gone and mm. it isn't there anymore. And people I get with things like oh that's bloody weird or that's freaky. I feel lighter, more relaxed. I can't see this baggage anymore. And all the stuff we've been talking about today, Joe, is like it just disappears. Mm. A very good friend of mine, who's a very strong, powerful, uh, dominant force in the world, had one chink in her armor, which was a phobia of spiders. So bad was her phobia that. If she saw one in the house and her husband wasn't there, she'd have to leave the house and get a neighbors to come in and deal with it. And if there were no neighbors, she would not go back into the house. Well, I, I worked with her. And again, uh, this is a very glamorous woman. The next morning at about, I know, 7.30, 8 o'clock, I get this video of her with a towel wrapped round her head and in a big dressing gown, stood in the kitchen, goes, look what I've done, Paul. And she sort of turns the camera around to the kitchen surface, and there's a piece of paper with an upturned glass and a tiny spider in there. And she's got this beaming, bloody great big smile on her face. And, Amen. you know, I just, that was it. That was me yeah. hooked, line and sinker. I've, I've just got to keep doing this. I just love it so much. It's brilliant. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, yeah. And it's, I mean, I've made so many mistakes in my life. I've screwed up and I've hurt people, and you know, I've been a real nasty bugger in, in some cases. And now this is a kind of way for me to be able to turn the tables and help people and do a bit of paying it forward because, yeah. in regards to whether you believe in hypnosis or not, or NLP or any of that kind of stuff, it works, and I've seen the results. If you look at my page, I've got loads and loads of testimonials from people that are saying to me, you know this thing has changed my life this thing has helped me do x y and z and a b and c and i'm not the mm. only one there's thousands of people out there doing this kind of work and mm. it does work it does make changes so you know if you stuck, go and find someone to help you
1: yes yeah so how do you work how do you get all this stuff done um Depend, I guess you know, days are probably different each time, and you mentioned before you can have like one session with people, or you can have like a number of sessions. So, what does your sort of work time look like?
0: Okay, well, I actually because I'm still a year into the business. As you can imagine, Joe, I'm putting a lot of time into it because you have to at this stage of a business career. So I'm available pretty much seven days a week. Now, I don't work 24-7. That would you know, be ridiculous. I do get free time to go and do other stuff. But if a client mm-hmm. wants to see me on a Sunday afternoon, I, I will see them. And the way my day kind of starts out is we talked about to-do lists earlier yeah. on. My list is three things. The first thing is always something that's going to help me connect me with potential clients. And then the what? other two things are stuff that has to be done. Like, do I need to place an order to get some shopping delivered? or I've got a pill to pay that kind of thing, but no more mm-hmm. than three. Um, Go on. I in, a question come in.
1: Yeah. How do you manage that in sort of reality in real life, if you like, because often, you know, these conversations, people say, you know, I only focus on three things and, um, you know, we've had, I don't know Roy Carter on a previous show talked about that. I think Wendy Kier did as well. And, um, that sounds really simple, um, but actually, there's always a ton of stuff to do. How no, do you pick
0: I disagree. I disagree. There isn't, there's never a ton of stuff to do. When we're working for ourselves, there's one thing we need to focus on, yep. and that is bringing money in, bringing business into our lives, whether that's with uh, products or services or face-to-face with clients. That's the one thing she'll be... I mean, yeah, okay, you've got, you know, you, you've got, you know, your domestic stuff to do and you've got to pay your bills and you've got to do your tax and all that kind of stuff. But all of that is ancillary. You know, you can you can pay bookkeepers and chuck a pile of receipts at them. You can get a VA to do all the stuff because you as a business person, me as well, the only thing we should be focusing on is making the business grow, bringing in more clients, anything else. If you're sitting there you know, spending three hours trying to make your box of receipts look pretty, you're wasting your time.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because you're not bringing money in, that's the thing. And so the three, I mean, yes, okay, you've got three things, and you you might get a phone call and a client says, can I see you this afternoon? Then, of course, you see the client. So your three things might not get done. But if you've Mm -hmm. got 25 things on your to-do list, they ain't going to get done in one day. Whereas if you have, number one, business, number two, pay a bill, Number three, do your washing, they will get done. And if you've got time, you can do something else. And it's Mm -hmm. a lot less stressful than if you look. I mean, if you pick a piece of paper now, an A4 sheet, and you look at a list of 25 things, that can be overwhelming. That can be, oh, my God, I can't get that stuff today. That's not possible. I mean, I just may not well bother. And for a lot of people, they will not even start with the number one thing on their list because the list itself is frightening. It's scary. It's overwhelming. makes people feel anxious. Whereas if you've got three things on your list, anybody can do three things. And then if you've got time after those three things, you can do some of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Because like we talked about right at the start of this conversation, Joe, a lot of people are busy doing nothing. Yeah. And you have to be honest with yourself. You've got to be really honest with yourself. What's the most important thing you need to be doing right now? If you had a gun to your head. Mm. And for most of us, that's, Finding clients, talking to clients, working with clients. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that's pretty much it. And uh, (laughs) you you know, this this podcast, you're doing that to get your name out there and bringing you more potential clients. Yeah. Mm Mhm.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You're doing you're doing a thing now that is helping you to get in front of potential clients. So this is like an important thing for you today. Yes.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's the most important
0: thing today, Paul. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. (laughs)
1: so you um you talked about um your bit of paper with your three things on what other tools and apps and systems have you got to make sure you do the things that you need to do and and to to keep your business sort of ticking along and your life
0: right okay i'm going to give you one that nobody else has probably ever given you and that's facebook oh okay and i'll explain why uh facebook is a the most amazing way of connecting with potential clients and uh existing clients and past clients all that kind of thing yes it can be a huge distraction but only if you let it be a distraction there are something like two billion people on facebook around the world so if you can't you know if two billion is not enough for you then you must have a bloody big business but you so with facebook you can get in front of clients you can talk to clients you can tell people what you do you can show people what you do you can communicate with them uh, by phone, by uh, text message, and do all that kind of stuff. But as we've just been talking about, one of the best productivity apps for me on Facebook is going live on Facebook on your page. Yeah. Because pe- people, and it's a cliche, but I can't think of a better way of putting it. People buy from people, people mm-hmm. buy from people that they know, like, and trust. Okay? The easiest and simplest way to get in front of potential people so they can actually see you and get to know you and get to like you is you pick up your phone, click your Facebook app and press go live and then talk to your phone. Yeah, you can tell people your story about how you got where you are, what you do, how you do it. You know, the the whole thing It is the best way of getting in front of people. And getting people to know you and it's free, assuming that you've got a phone, of course, and a uh, Wi-Fi link. But apart from that, it is essentially free. It does not cost you any money. Yes. So that's my number one thing. If a lot of people aren't using Facebook properly, they they are. It doesn't work. I can't use it. It's too much of a distraction. Well, it will be if you let it be. But if you do use it properly, it's brilliant. Um, My next favorite app, I'm going to rattle this, is a piece of A4 paper and a pen because again this is not how you see yeah i know you'd laugh but you can type notes and stuff in your computer and i do that all the time but when it comes to um working on an idea or memorizing something or taking notes again it's been proven there's lots of studies putting a pen to paper and writing or doodling or mind mapping the stuff will stay in your head a lot longer than if you just type it into a a digital thing and it just disappears forever yeah. and also when you're you're sort of i hate the word brainstorming because but when you're working on an idea it's so much easier with a pen and paper to extrapolate that idea and come out with new words and look at different ways of doing things and the piece of paper is there with you all the time and you can sort of go back to it and look at it. you can flick through it and it's a simple you know oldie worldy kind of function but it, it works
1: Mm, yeah having no, a that I sorry say um, go
0: on. yep no <laughs> you go all right i'll say i said the next one because i mean i'm in the flow here is um a couple of things some kind of app like evernote Now, just saying that I use a pen and paper, Evernote is brilliant because you can do a text recording, you can do an audio recording, you can take photographs, you can do all kinds of things with it. And that is transferable to all of your different um, bits of kit, you know, your phone, your computer, your laptop and all that kind of stuff. And so if you're out and about and you spot something that is interesting, useful, might spark an idea for a new aspect of your business, you can snap a quick photo, you can take some notes, you can actually speak into the thing. So it's a great way of having a a note collecting system with you 24 seven, you know, because let's face it, all of us have our phones with us all the time. We even take the bloody things to bed with us, you know, so (laughs) we're never too far from our phones. So it's a great little thing. Um, Another one, probably the final one, and this is going to be a bit weird as well, is your banking app. Okay. Now let me explain what I mean. Um, we've talked about the most important thing is generating income. A real test of personal strength, determination, fortitude or whatever you want to call it is every single morning you click your banking app and you write down your income for that day. And your current balance, if you want to focus on your life as a business person, whether you're a coach, personal trainer, whatever. Yeah, there Mm -hmm. is nothing more. um, I can't think of a really good word or a cliche, but there's nothing more strengthening or focusing than looking at your current bank balance every single day. Because that way we talked about, you know, being busy doing nothing. You've been busy doing nothing for a week. And every single day you actually note down your income yeah, and then your balance. If you're not doing anything, that balance is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So focusing on how much you've got, and that includes cash in your, your wallet or your purse and all of your accounts. Get it on a piece of paper every single day. It takes two minutes. Yeah, and it really hones in your focus. I didn't used to do this. I've been doing it for a while now. And I tell you what, it really makes, I've got no other source of income. There's just me. I don't have anybody else sort of working full time or anything to bring income in. There is just me. So if I ain't bringing money in, there ain't no money coming in. So Mm -hmm. doing that one simple thing every single morning really gets my focus on bringing income into my business.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. So what about... um? learning and sort of developing obviously you've talked about going on courses and having sort of developed your skills over the last couple of years what, what other things do you do to sort of keep up to to date and and keep learning
0: okay um keep pushing yourself because We've all heard of this word neuroplasticity. Years ago, they used to say that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, that's garbage. They've proven that to be completely false now. We are Mm. able to, assuming that your brain is fully functioning, and you've not had an injury or there's no kind of deficiency there, we are able to keep learning and absorbing new information all the time because the brain is like a muscle. If you go to the gym, you can build big biceps or keep your biceps nice and strong, keep yourself slim and trim. Well, the brain needs the same thing. So, if you you know want to learn about the the brain or your business or you know continuing personal development, you need to keep learning and keep pushing yourself forward and keep challenging yourself because uh, again, again, coming back to thing about being busy doing nothing. If you're just relearning the same stuff, you're just treading water, you're not doing anything. So, you mm-hmm. need to look at different avenues. So, let me give you an example. If you're a personal trainer. Are you a qualified nutritionist or have you done some recent uh, research on nutrition? Because if you're teaching people how to get strong, be strong, stay strong, lose weight, nutrition is a critical factor in that. And research is developing and growing every single day. Yeah. So that would be a really good factor. If you're a life coach. As an example, then are you looking at what's going on in the world in regards um, neuroscience, how the brain is working, psychology, sociology, all this kind of stuff? We need to be more diverse in the information we're consuming. And what I'm talking about, again, is not sitting in front of the telly. But being strategic, like I found a couple of I've got a I don't have a TV, but I've got a Netflix account and I've got Amazon Prime and I've found recently a couple of really good neuroscience um, programs on there, which I've watched one of them' fascinating took notes. And the other one, I just found that this morning. So I've been watching that when I've got time. So I continually challenge myself. I love to read. I'm a big reader. My house is, well, my flat is just full of books, and I'm constantly on the lookout for new and interesting things in a broad range of subjects, not just my, you know, not just hypnosis or NLP, but all kinds of things. Uh, what yeah. else do I do? Uh, I haven't gone yet recently to any big conferences um, because again, I am mean, new into the business, I only spending a few hundred quid on a massive conference taking two or three days out that will happen over the next few years. But what I yeah. do do is I will, I follow people that are big in the industry. Look at what they're doing. You know, obviously I like, say Tony Robbins, for example, very big in the kind of well, both of our businesses, really, I guess, Joe, and I look at what he's doing, what he's talking about, and because if he's talking about it, then it, it's at the forefront. It's important for him to get the current message out to his people. And then, you know, people like uh, Bandler, uh, Paul McKenna and other people in sort of the science industry, a guy called D- Dean Burnett, who I follow. He's written a brilliant book which is called the idiot brain a neuroscientist explains what your head is really up to it's a great read it's like a non-sciencey science book uh explaining <laughs> lots of different things about the brain it's fascinating
1: yeah. that sounds really interesting i i saw an article that i shared on facebook the other day um about a lady um like years ago like i, I don't know the 1950s or something who um talked about uh, anxiety and how um the brain um d- going back to what you're saying about fight or flight and all that sort of stuff um needed needs to sort of um know you need to sort of know that your brain just does that and once you know that and you can let it sort of go let it pass if you like let it happen and pass um you can reduce anxiety and um so she was saying you know a lot of people have ended because she had it herself that people get anxious because of fight or flight responses but then they get worried and anxious about the anxiety that they've got and then it's a vicious circle and it just gets worse and worse and worse Um, and so she talked about sort of curing that Um, but it was like you know years and years ago um, she died like 20 years ago and she was 80 or something Um, but she did it in I don't don't know the 60s or something but um, oh no sorry in the um, 30s or 40s I think actually Um, but I'd never heard of her before, and I'd never really heard of that concept. And a lot of people are doing that stuff now, and you've probably, you know, learnt about that through all your sort of studying. Um, but it was interesting how they knew so long ago that that was an issue with the whole anxiety piece and stuff, but they didn't really tell anybody. <laughs> well, and, the thing uh, is that,
0: sorry, um, people have known about this forever. I mean, the yeah. the Stoic philosophers knew about this. Yeah. Than you about yeah. the fact that you shouldn't chase other people's dreams, that you should live in the moment. Because anxiety, as an example, is a natural process. Again, like I mentioned earlier, the brain is there with one sole purpose, and that's to keep you alive for as long as possible. Anxiety is normal. Being anxious when you're walking past a bush is normal because that bush might have a pack of hyenas or an elephant or an enemy tribe behind it. Yeah. So that's yeah. why we get anxious. So it puts us on our guard. The problem we have today, like you just mentioned, Joe, is that we start getting anxious about being anxious. And that's when yeah. it becomes a problem. Yes. So if someone who's listening is anxious, accept it. I'm anxious. Yeah. Okay, yeah, thank you for letting me, you know, understand that I'm anxious. And then get on with it. Yes. Yeah. This
1: you, exactly.
0: yeah. If you fight it, it makes it worse. Oh yeah. my God, I've got all this big meeting tomorrow and I know I'm going to be hot and sweating. I'll, I'll flop up my lines and I'll, I'll forget my bits of paper and my pen won't work and somebody will laugh at me or I'll fart in the wrong time or, oh my God. And then you spend the rest of the night, a sleepless night, worrying, 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 worrying. So you're getting anxious about being anxious. Oh my God, I'll, I'll be anxious about it and I'll be worried about it. I'll be out of breath. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah? Yes. Did you yeah. know something? Did you know that if you look at the the physical responses are and the psychological responses we've been fearful and the psychological and physiological responses we've been excited and stimulated are pretty much identical right they are identical and but we give them different labels mm. i mean there's a fair there's a this actually it sounds like a bit of a urban legend, but it's, it's true. Uh, somebody once interviewed Bruce Springsteen and said, you know, you've been doing this for years and how do you know when you're ready to go? It's, oh yeah, well, you know, I start getting really excited. I'm jumping up and down. My heart starts beating really fast. My palms get hot and sweaty and I can't keep still. And then I know I'm ready to go on stage, yeah? Um, yeah? Somebody had interviewed, I think it was Carly Simon, and they said to her, how do you get ready to go on stage? She said, well, my palms start shaking and get all sweaty, and my heart start palpitating, and I get shortness of breath, and then I know I'm having a panic attack, and I can't go on stage. And they both described exactly the same physiological yeah. and psychological symptoms, for want of a better phrase. Yeah. But one yeah. said it was fear, and one said it was excitement.
1: Yeah. And this again, yeah. this is not
0: just me waffling okay. on. This this has been proven lots and lots of times. There's studies yeah. about this. So if you're feeling anxious about the presentation you've got to give or the the client you've got to talk to, accept it. Say, okay, yeah, yeah, fine. I feel anxious. What you could do is say, actually, I'm feeling excited because it's the same responses. So maybe just change the label.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Really like that. Thank you. Just Change
0: the label, you know, because it's the same thing. think about it you'd be dead if you were going to speak in front of two thousand people i know you're a speaker joe so you probably can resonate with this if you're going to speak in front of a couple of thousand people you would be dead if there weren't some kind of sensations going through your mind and your body the minute before you're about to step on stage yeah 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 so that is that's a normal thing anxiety a little bit of fear a little bit excited it's it's normal it's standard it comes from again going back to our ancestors it comes from all of that stuff that we had to deal with way back then and it's still with us so just work yeah. with it don't fight it
1: yeah absolutely so, so to change the subject a bit um to ask a couple of questions what about those days when things go wrong so you know it's a bit linked i guess to the anxiety bit but you know if something goes wrong you have a horrible day how do you deal with it
0: Oh, I, I get a, a huge axe and chop my head off, basically. Oh,
1: good. Yeah, I was glad you said yeah, that. I thought Simpl- you made a
0: stand. way, just chop your head off. No, I mean, I said earlier on, I've made mistakes. We all make mistakes. There is nobody on this planet that has not made a single mistake that hasn't screwed up, that hasn't had a bad day. And this sounds really moronic, and it is, but it works. At the end of the day, you go, "Wow, geez, that was a shit day, wasn't it?" Uh, hopefully, I'll make something so be a better day. Because yeah. the thing is, today, that day has gone. That day no longer exists. So you uh-huh. can't go back and undo it. You can't go back. I mean, I use a really brilliant cliche, spilt milk. In the days when milk used to come in glass bottles, if you dropped it, your mum would say or your dad would say, there's no use crying over spilt milk. Because think about it. You drop the, the glass bottle of milk on the floor. You can't undrop it, can you? And there's two ways to react to you. Go, oh my God, I've dropped a bottle of milk and it's going to take me ages to clean it up. So that's, that's 50p lost. Oh my God, I'm just so used to your cluts. Or you can go, that was a bugger. And then get your dustpan and brush, clear it up, get rid of it, and get on with your day. Yeah. Same Same scenario, two different ways of dealing with it. One way, yeah, you get angry for a, a microsecond because that's normal. You mm-hmm. get a bit pissed off for yourself because you're oh god yeah that was not a very good thing to do was it and i've got to spend two minutes but that's it you just two seconds of yeah what a klutz then get on with it clean it up get on with the day whereas yeah. what a lot of people do is oh my god what i'm just so hopeless i can't even hold a bottle of milk and now i've got to spend time and i'm supposed to be doing this so i've got to bring that person in five minutes and i might get a you know glass in my hands and i'm gonna get my trousers dirty and i've got to go to work and uh... <laughs> and that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's why people get you know heart attacks at 35 and you know are drinking two bottles of wine a night and all this kind of stuff because they let themselves get stressed or yeah. overstressed. shall we say again, stress is a natural natural function of the body.
1: Yeah, yeah. but we
0: we get overstressed, we get overwhelmed, we get overanxious, over anxious. Mm.
1: Hmm. Yeah so on the flip side of that then so those days where you've got um, the chance or you've had the chance to live more and I say that that's about having the time to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you have to do what does that day look like for you?
0: It's all sorts of different things Uh, Mm -hmm. my big big passion is photography so and the reason is is because When I go out for a walk with my camera, I'm just going out for a walk with my camera to find a shot and it kind of switches my brain into photography mode. So I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about clients. I'm not thinking about the weather. I'm not thinking about last week, this week, next week. I'm just out walking, looking for a photograph. That sounds a bit Mm -hmm. weird, but what I'm doing is I'm trying to find a shot that I will find interesting, that I will be challenged by getting a really good photograph, and that when I get it back to the house and stick it in the computer, it's going to look good. And yeah, you'd walk down the the road and take 25,000 pictures, but I don't do that. I'm deliberately going to look for something that maybe nobody's seen in my town before, or maybe give it a different perspective or a different view, different weather mm-hmm. can differ, different light, different shadows, all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so when I'm in that kind of mode, everything just disappears absolutely everything. And I'm in like this um, Have you heard of Chick Sex, Mihal, and uh, the, the flow state? Well, I've heard of the flow state. I didn't know what the first bit was said. Mikhail, I can't pronounce it, Csikszentmihalyi, it's a really long Russian name, but he's the guy that developed this scientist called the flow state where you are just in the zone. I think it's it's the word probably the most people know. And that's what happens to me. I just get into this state where, you know, I'm just doing this thing. I'd love to have a dog. At the moment, I'm not in a position to have one, but dogs are great as well because you have to take a dog for a walk a couple yeah. of times a day and that gets you out of the house it keeps you fit it keeps you healthy makes you eat right a dog is a great way to to meet people because i give yeah. an example yeah i can walk through a park or woods and people will steer clear from me because a big ugly bloke on his own dodgy yeah people won't talk to you heads down as you walk past them but if i'm walking at exactly the same time and through the exactly same woods and i've got a dog with me people appear out of nowhere to talk to you yeah it's brilliant it's a really cool oh, what a lovely dog what kind of breed is he how old is he you how long have you had him and this conversation starts and you start to get you you meet someone and you're having a conversation again that it's a fabulous way of getting to to know someone getting to meet people or meeting more people and getting out Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: so yeah I, I do that kind of thing as well but the yeah go on i know you to ask me another question in a minute so i'll let you get on with that
1: so that was my last question.
0: <laughs> you know, I just think it's something else that's kind of attached to that, but it's different.
1: So do you want to share that or shall I ask you my very last question?
0: Go and ask you a very last question then and I'll see if it fits in. If not, I'll just tell last you anyway.
1: Question. My last question is um, how can people get in touch with you and find out more about you?
0: Oh, that's boring. Uh, give me like another second. What I was going to say was, um, yeah. I end my day always in the, in the same way. And that is I try and get off the screens at least an hour before I go to bed. And then when I get into bed, I've got a book next to my bed that's called Gratitude. And I will write down three things I'm grateful for that happened during the day. And it has to be mm-hmm. mega things. It could be a conversation I've had. It could be somebody who did a really good podcast or live stream. It could be a post that I read. Or, you know, somebody that I bumped into, give me any, any small thing, a book that yeah. I've read up, I'll, I'll be grateful to the author for writing it. And that yeah. really sets your mind off to, to a, a good place for a mm. restful sleep. And it really helps with stress, it helps with anxiety, helps all kinds of things just to sit down and find three things that you're grateful for. Because in the, in the West, we don't understand how lucky we are to have you know running fresh water that you don't have to walk 5 miles there and back to get to have a yeah. roof over your head to not live in a war zone you know to have yeah. get, walk down to a supermarket to buy food all that kind of stuff yeah and more mm-hmm. access to free medical stuff etc we are so so lucky but we spend so much time not being grateful so that was that was the last thing I want to say where can you get me best place is uh, facebook Paul, so Facebook.com forward slash Paul Wilson Hypnotist. That's my yep. main page. Um, if you'd like to email me, that's another one. Um, a happy head. Well, sorry, info at a happy head.com. And my website is ironically a happy head co dot uk.
1: Lovely. Thanks, Paul. It's been great interviewing you today. Thanks for joining me.
0: Brilliant job. I've loved it. Thank you very much indeed.
1: All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 136, then you'll find them there. And this week, I just want to remind you about the whole concept of self-care as we go into the holiday period. Uh, We've got Christmas, obviously, on the way, and then New Year. I think I'm allowed to say Christmas now. It's close enough, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, And it just can get really overwhelming. There's such a a lead-up of stuff to do in your business and in your personal life to get organized in lots of cases, and it can get quite overwhelming. We talked last week a bit about overwhelm. And I just think when it's all happening around you, and you've got loads of people around, and maybe you're one of the introverted people who needs to get energy on your own rather than gets energy from people then just be aware of that and carve out some time for yourself to go and sort of regain that energy or if you just find it all a bit frenetic all a bit noisy and just not what you want to be doing 24 7 again just find a moment to perhaps go for a walk or read a book or say that you're going off to have a nap, or whatever it might be, just to try and take that time to look after yourself to get you through that period. Obviously, at the same time, have a brilliant time. And you've heard me talking about the membership site throughout the last few months. And as you may remember, there was an introductory offer for what I was calling beta members, which I have kept live until the end of the year. And I don't know about you, but I often find the sort of Christmas, New Year period where things get a bit quieter to be a really good time to take stock of what's happening and obviously think about what I'm going to be doing next year, but also look at learning, look at thinking about the things that I need to work on in my business, think about uh, what I have perhaps invested in during the year and haven't actually taken advantage of as yet and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, sometimes there's some quiet periods between the two sort of main celebrations and uh, that gives you time to do that sort of thing if you find that you have that time too and you've been considering joining the membership or at least finding out a bit more about it then as i said the offer for the remainder of this year is still available and actually it's slightly better than it was before so if you go to power to dot com you'll find the login page for the membership site and if you click on join the power to live more calm site at the top there's a link in the menu at the top it'll take you to a page where you can then select 2019 member and that will give you free access to the membership site for a month and then the price after that is 37 pounds a month which is lower than the usual price which will be 97 pounds going into the new year And it'll be maintained for the remainder of your membership. So if you were interested in finding out more and having a look and seeing what's available in the site, if you're looking for some support and accountability, learning and some materials and help to enable you to run your business and be successful, as well as get to live more, then now would be a time to go and have a look. You can, as I said, if you sign up before the end of 2019 get the first month for free to give you that chance to look around and if you don't want to keep in there and you want to cancel sometime during that first month then you can and obviously there'll be nothing to pay at all if you uh, don't cancel then obviously it will carry on at 37 pounds a month from there and that price will be maintained for the length of your membership So if you're interested, as I say, go to PowerToLiveMoreCalm.com and then just click on the Join Power To Live More Calm link at the top and that'll take you into a screen where you can select the 2019 member option. So again, the show notes for this week's show are at PowerToLiveMore.com forward slash 136 and we look forward to speaking to you next week.
0: Use your power to live more.